Philippians chapter number 1. Bless him, Lord. Philippians chapter number 1. Verse number six, verse number seven, eight, excuse me. <laughs> Philippians chapter one, verse number eight. Let's stand while we read God's word, if you would. For God is my record, how greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in judgment. Well, that's something else, ain't it, preacher? To yeah, love with the right judgment and knowledge. <laughs> that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. Have a lot of Christians today that say they are, but there's no sincerity there. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness, that's what sincerity is, which are by Jesus Christ under the glory and praise of God, but I would that you should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather under the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord waxing confident by my bonds are much more bold to speak the word without fear. God help us that we'll do that, preacher. God help us in this day that we won't stand back and let Satan defeat us, that we'll have the boldness yeah. to preach God's word. Yeah. It said, Some indeed preach Christ, even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds. But the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therefore do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice." We'll find our text tonight in verse number 19. The Bible says, For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you now for the privilege once again to stand behind this sacred desk, God, and proclaim, Thus saith the word of the Lord. God, we ask you now that you'd bring back to our minds the things that we studied and prepared. Dear God, that you'd help us. Uh, Lord God, to follow your will tonight, dear God, that your anointing and power be upon us. The Spirit of God would speak to hearts and minds tonight, dear God, that you'd draw us nigh unto you. For you said, Lord, if we had drawn out of you, God, that you'd draw nigh to us. Encourage your children tonight in the Lord, dear God. Help us to see your truth. And our Father, what you do for us, we'll thank you. And we'll be sure to praise you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask it. Amen and amen. I said, we'll take our text tonight from verse number 19. It said, For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. As I begin to study, preacher, I begin to look at this word supply. And God began to deal with me about this thought. I'm going to preach to you tonight for a while on supply and demand. Supply and demand. Now if you look at this, Paul's writing to the church at Philippi for this reason you'll find in chapter 4, verse 15 through 17. He was writing to thank them basically for a love offering of money that they had sent. They had sent to his necessity, the Bible said time and time again. 
Uh, that's what we're doing when we send money, folks, to Jamaica. Amen. When we send money to other places and help people, yeah. we're supplying their need through the spirit and the prayer of supplication. Yeah. That word supply is the first word that's in prayer, isn't it? Supplication. It means the supply of God's spirit. Now, uh, his reflection in the book of Acts on chapter, in, in chapter uh, number 16 of the book of Acts, you'll find that this church was really dear to his heart. God had sent him to Troas and he had to stop. And the Spirit of God dealt with him and he prayed and a man from Macedonia said, come over and help us. And he went where no preacher had ever gone before. He followed the Spirit of God and endeavored to go and he knew assuredly, the Bible said, that God had sent him to preach the gospel at Philippi. And many souls were saved. You remember the story when he was in jail there, him and Silas, and they prayed, and the power of God fell, and the cell doors were open. And Lydia was saved. The demonic girl was saved. The church was started in Lydia's house. And by all of this, Paul was looking back. While he was in jail there in Rome, he was writing this letter. And he realized what God had done for him. How God had supplied for him. And he was praying and he said, I know that through my prayer or through your prayer and your supplication and the supply of the Spirit of God, I know that God's going to deliver me. Now you'll find in chapter 2, verse 16 through 18, the key verse for all of the book of Philippians. It said, my rejoicing will be your rejoicing. I'm paraphrasing, of course. Because of my deliverance. You are my crown. You are my joy. And because of your prayer, I'm where I'm at. He said, all this has happened to me has fallen out to the furtherance of the gospel. Let me ask you a question tonight. Is your earnest desire and prayer that deliverance might come to those around you? That deliverance and salvation might come to your family. That's what Paul was praying for. He said, because of my bonds, because I'm locked up in this prison, many of the preachers around me are more bold to preach the gospel. Some's trying to add to my affliction. Some's throwing off on me. Some saying, oh, look, he got what he deserves, so to speak. But he said, whether it by pretense or by false reasons or whatever, if Jesus Christ is preached... And brother, I tell you, all the preaching that's going on today is not under the power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. But if Jesus Christ is lifted up, if He's preached, thank God, I can still rejoice no matter what. It was Paul's earnest desire to be with them or to be with Christ. You'll find out, he said, I'm in a straight betwixt two. He said, I've got a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. But he said, it's more needful for you that I abide here in the flesh. Sometimes, preacher, don't you want to go home? Oh, glory to God, sometimes. Brother, I want to see that one that died for me. Sometimes, I just as soon, God call me and me go on. But I've got a job to do. Now, this word supply, let's look at it just a minute. It's the word choreago, or the word chorus in the Greek. It's where we get our word choreographed from. You've seen these uh, shows on TV where these uh, people are dancing and uh, they're doing all their movements together. You've seen, uh, uh, I, I especially like to watch those that are figure skating. You ever watch them? 
those pairs when they get out there and figure skate and all those beautiful moves, I mean totally in sync together. That's what this word means. And it means also when a, a, an orchestra is playing and you see that little guy out there with the baton and he's telling each instrument when to come in. It means to organize. It means to put things in its place and in its order, to orchestrate and organize. Listen, how did you get where you're at tonight? In the Lord. How did you get saved? It wasn't of yourself. The Bible said you wasn't even seeking after God. He comes seeking after you. What fell out to the furtherance of the gospel in your life? How did you get moved upon by the Spirit of God And what is the things that took place in order to get you to Christ? Have you thought about how God organized that? How God put everything in place? And he made one thing happen right after the other. The Bible said the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The Bible said the bounds of our habitation is set. What the preacher preached this morning is true. You're not going to live one day longer than God says. And you're not going to live one day less than God says. You have an appointment time set. And you're going to meet that appointment no matter what. But listen, that's why it said today is the day of salvation. Right now is the accepted time. But listen, how has God choreographed your life? Have you thought about every day that you live? How God's in charge of that? The things that you do every day. Some of it's by nature. Some of it's by habit. Every day you have a process of living. The Bible said in Him we live and we move and we have our being. Now the Bible said there that He said this will turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Christ. Now there's four times that phrase the Spirit of Christ is used in the Bible. And it's always in a family term, preacher. The Spirit of Christ, not the Spirit of God, but the Spirit of His Son, the Spirit of Christ. Romans 8 and 9 said, Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. Galatians 4 and 6 says, And because you're the sons of God, because you're the sons of God, God has sent forth His Spirit, the Spirit of His Son, into your heart, crying out the Father. And in 1 Peter 1 and 11, I want to run to that just for a minute and read that. I want you to see how God choreographed the gospel, how God organized and orchestrated the gospel being brought to you. Look what it says. The Bible said, 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 9, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Searching what or in what manner of time, listen, the Spirit of Christ which was in them in the Old Testament. Oh yes, the Bible said, thank God, that Abraham saw his day and rejoiced in it. But the Bible said which was in them and did signify when it testified beforehand what? The sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us, did they minister. There's that word choreograph again. It's in the form of minister instead of supply right here. And the Bible said there, did minister the things which are now, listen, reported unto you. 
<laughs> By them that have preached the gospel unto you. How? With the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. So I'm saying the Spirit of God in the Old Testament showed them the things that was to come, the grace that was to come, all the things that the Old Testament foreshadowed and pointed toward the, Christ, the sufferings of Christ. And the Bible said, after the sufferings of Christ, the Spirit of God came to us that are preachers of the gospel to preach unto you. Therefore, salvation came to you. All the way, listen, it was born in the mind of God. Before the foundation of the world, Christ was a lamb slain uh, before the foundation of the world. Uh, listen, how did God organize and orchestrate your life to bring salvation? Now, we was riding down the road one day, and I began to question the preacher. And Dale finally said, what are you asking him so many questions for? I was asking him about the influences in his life that brought him to Christ. Amen. What was it that made you think and let the Spirit of God deal with you? And I began to ask him the questions and I remembered what he said. Do you know, you, you remember the little guy that, that uh, uh, is a conductor of an orchestra, don't you? He's got this little wand. Amen. And he tells each one, each one when to come in, when to blow the horns, when to blow the trumpets. And man, he's running around and pointing that thing and he'll go up high and he'll go down low as the music goes up and down. Brother Dennis, I'm going to use you to show how you come to Christ. Right. Hey, man, listen. Anderson Branch, Free Will yeah. Baptist Church. Yeah. Old Preacher Lamb over there preaching. Yeah. The old preachers that walked up and down that road at Anderson yeah. Branch many times walked. What was he doing? He was orchestrating. Yeah. He was bringing the chorus in. He was playing the music. He was bringing it up to a fever pitch. Your cousins that were preachers your family that prayed for you. Your uh, uh, uncle, C.A. Hensley, remember that. And remember when you come down here, that Sunday school teacher you said that absolutely thought she was going to quit because of you. Listen, God was orchestrating, wasn't he? God was organizing. Ken Frady. Listen, the horseback riders that was in church at Trinity Hill at the time. They had that influence on you. Who was it that asked you to go to the house of God? How was it that Carl Rowland came into view? Right. And you said this morning, little Debbie Drury. Yeah. God was orchestrating. God was bringing to you that place. And you got invited to the house of God. Listen, and all of a sudden, the Spirit of God began to orchestrate, began to organize, began to convict you of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And you saw yourself going to hell. You said this morning, uh, before you got saved, God was orchestrating. He sent in a dream and you saw your own brains blowed out yeah. and you tried to hold them in your head. God said, it's today. Yeah. It's today. Now's the day of salvation. Now's the accepted time. Yes, sir. You need to come to Christ. It's heaven or it's hell. Yes, sir. Huh? Yeah. Remember the old band leaders, how, man, how they'd strut and how they'd march and, and sing that baton? Huh? There's orchestrating. Can anybody here remember Jackie Gleason? Oh, yeah. We got Channel 3 when I was growing up. It's the only channel we could get. And my daddy watched Jackie Gleason religiously. 
Do you remember them women come on called the June Taylor dancers? And man, they could swing their legs up. I mean, in course, ever move perfectly in line. That's what God was doing with you, preacher. Yes, sir. He was bringing you to here, to yes. there, putting yes. you on horseback with someone telling you about Jesus, yes. and he brought you to Trinity Hill and Carl Rowland preached the gospel, yes. and the Holy Ghost came down and convicted your yes. heart. Amen. And you got born. Huh? There's three words I want to share with you right quickly. Out of the word of God where this word supply is used. <laughs> Back to the, the verse in Philippians there. He said, I know that this is going to fall out to my salvation through your prayer and supply of the Spirit. This word supply right here is talking about delivering. It's talking about birth. The Bible said, Colossians 1 and 13, who hath delivered us, from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Galatians 1 and 4 said, who, uh, says, Who gave himself for us that he might deliver us from this present evil world. Listen to be born into the family. And Jesus did say you must be born again. Amen. The way you enter into God's family is by birth. Just like you entered into this world. You entered into God's world, to God's family by being born again. And listen, God's holiness and law and justice and judgment demanded justice for sin. God's character and holiness demanded that sin be punished. But God, hallelujah to God, the Bible said that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That demand, that need for salvation, that need for a sacrifice, that need for blood to be shed. Thank God God supplied that through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible said through the Scriptures and through the Spirit of God we was born into His family. The Bible said who was delivered for our offenses and raised again for our justification. (laughs) Oh yes, how did God birth you into His family? What happened to you, Beardy, when you walked up and down the driveway? Richard, what happened to you when you fell out of that tree? How many of you all was like Dennis and come eyeball to eyeball so many times with death? Marvin, you've been there. How many times can you remember? I can remember many times. I'm not knowing how I got home, be in the car and wake up and be going around and around in the middle of the road. God was merciful and gracious. Until I could get born into God's family, God orchestrated that and had mercy upon me and took care of me, Dennis, until I got to that time. How many times, son, have you heard the hammer click and pull back? How many times have you had that knife held to you? How did God orchestrate it for you? How did God bring you to the realization? Oh, God, if I don't get saved, I'm going to hell. I remember Della telling her testimony so many times. She says, the 11-year-old girl, she sat there in that pew, and she felt like she was going to go to hell before she could get to that altar. Have you felt that way? Have you been to that place of realization in your life? 
God supplied that demand that we had to have. We had to be born again to enter or to see the kingdom of God, the Bible said. But God supplied that. Thank God through his son taking our place and dying in our place. God supplied that demand. Listen. This world, this country, everything that's going on about us works on supply and demand. Y'all used to drive trucks. Why was that? Because you were supplying a demand. People had needs all over the country for the goods that you were hauling. So you were supplying that. Everything that's going on, these lights being on, the water running, everything works in our lives off of supply and demand. Why do you go buy groceries? Because you have to eat. There's a demand for food. Therefore, food's grown out in the fields. It's shipped in with the trucks. It's shipped into the place where you buy it. Every plant that's operating is operating on supply and demand. Everything in this world runs on supply and demand. Not long ago, I was going to can some jelly, and I realized I didn't have any lids or rings. So I had to call Gail up and beg her for some. So I could do my can. And you couldn't buy. The demand was there, but there was no supply. Preacher, when you was was raising your garden, you wanted to go buy your new freezer. They said maybe in August or September you can get one. There was the demand, but there was no supply. You know, when I went to Jamaica, preacher, I come to realize there's not a great demand over there for snow shovels. (laughs) I didn't see one bag of ice melt over there. I didn't see no long-handled underwear. I didn't see none of that stuff. Why? Because there's no demand for it. You see? (laughs) What do you need from God? Boy, God, whatever you need from God, honey, God's going to, I believe I've knocked this thing off here. That'll be all right. What do you need from God tonight? Do you know that God's got everything that you could possibly ever need? He said he'd meet her needs, not her greeds. He said he'd meet her needs. God met the need for you to be born. God supplied the blood of you. He spared not his only son, the Bible said, that we could be saved. But not only in birth did God meet that supply and the man. But notice not only there, but in the body of Christ. Let's turn to, uh, to Ephesians just for a second. Ephesians chapter, uh, Ephesians chapter number 4 and verse 16. The Bible said, From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that whichever joint supplies, according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, make an increase of the body under the edifying of itself in love. This word supply just simply means to put things into place. The Bible said again in Ephesians chapter 5, the Bible said in verse 23, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the body, he is the Savior of the body. Verse 29, for no man ever hath hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church, for we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. The Bible said in Psalm 139, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. This human body, folks, is a miracle from God. 
You know, there in Psalm 139, where it said we're curiously wrought in the lower parts of the earth. You know what that means, that word is? There's another word, I believe it's in the book of, maybe in Leviticus, where he's talking about embroidering uh, the, the pieces in the tabernacle together, sewing them and embroidering them. It's that same word. Do you know what you do? You know what they do when they take a baby out of a mama's womb? It's just like taking a piece of fine embroidery, preacher, and taking a pair of scissors and cutting it in two. God embroidered that. God made that. The Bible said God knew us from the womb. So when they kill that, they're killing a living being. And there's no other way to see it, but it's seeing. You can't slice it any other way. And the nation that allows that, God's going to judge, the Bible says. That's where we're at today. That's why God's judgment, I believe, is coming on this nation. And God's opening the eyes of this nation because we sinned against God and God's word. And we cannot get by. Judgment must begin, the Bible said, at the house of God. But the Bible said we're his body. We're the members of his body. I wrote down just a few things about the human body. Let me read them right quick. I thought this was so interesting. Do you know how many bones there are in the body? There's 213 bones. There's 350 joints. There's 900 ligaments and about 4,000 tendons in your body. That's what the Bible was talking about when it said joints. And over in the book of Colossians, it said joints and bands being knit together by love. You know how your body operates? Listen, without that, we couldn't work right. There's nine parts to the body, the head, the neck, the chest, the abdomen, pelvis, back, hip, and the extremities. Uh, There's five basic parts. Like I said, there are nine basic parts. Uh, There's five elements in the body, earth, water, fire, air, and space, just like there is in the universe. And uh, there's 78 organs in in, in the body. You know what the the largest organ in your body is? The skin. You're right. There's 22 square feet of skin. There's 12 systems in your body. Skeleton, nervous, muscular, respiratory, immune system. I, I, I could go on and on and on for that. But listen, we're fearfully, the Bible said, and wonderfully made. But have you ever thought about how this body operates, how it works? Everything moves together as a unit. The Bible said the church of the living God is just like that. (laughs) Listen, I got hurt playing football when I was in high school. This ligament right here is not put back together like it's supposed to be. They didn't know how to do that kind of surgery in 1970. I've got a knee that's just like a house without a corner. It could be knocked in like that and come completely out real easy. <laughs> One member of a church that's out of place, preacher, Amen. is the same way. You say, well, some of these people, they're not that important. Oh, yes. Yes, they are. You let one ligament go out on you. Not long ago, this ligament, this little leader right here was really sore. And I could not move my thumb except like that. I couldn't do that. 
Why? Because that one leader was stretched. Thought it lasted, come back in. But you talk about sore. When my thumb popped up there, I thought I was going to fall to my knees. It hurt so bad. One little leader. Listen. <laughs> God has made us to the... Preacher, how many bones have you had broke? Just about every one in your body, ain't you? Think about it. Almost 72 bodies in your foot, uh, bones in your foot. Just one of them, and man, you're in severe pain. Just one little pinky finger broke. And you know what tells you that it hurts? Your head, don't it? Think about this now. <laughs> God puts you in this body, and He makes it all work. He gives you, He breathed the breath of life in your nostrils, preacher. Do we thank Him for it? Do we praise Him for it? Think about it. Let me turn right here, right quickly, to the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter number 12. Verse 12 says, For as the body is one and many, hath many members, all the members that are one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Verse 14 says, For the body is not one member, but many. Verse 18, But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased Him. And for all one member, where were the body? But now there are many members, but yet one body. Verse 23 and it said, And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, listen to me now, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. But our uncommonly parts have more abundant commonness. Let me ask you a question. If I could take your liver out and hold it up beside your face, which one do you think would be the prettiest? Probably my liver. Stand up, faith, and grin right big, real pretty. Stand up. Stand up. Look at that. Look at that face. Look at that smile. Now, if I had a liver or a pancreas or a heart in my hand and I held it up there, which one would you think would be more honorable? Her face. But which one is more necessary? Yeah. Yeah. Huh? So what I'm saying is, the least member that's in this church is just as important as the greatest. Huh? Why do you think this preacher's hair is getting gray? And he stays up praying every night and he's seeking God's face on your behalf. Why? Because he sees every one of your faces. Amen. Every member of this church. You say, well, some of them's not coming like they are to. Listen, the Bible said right there in 1 Corinthians 12, if one part of the body is hurting, they're all hurting. Yep. If one's rejoicing, they're all rejoicing. Yep. Listen, when something terrible happens to a member of this church, we're all hurting for yep. you. We're all praying for you. Yep. We're praying and asking God to meet that need. Why? Because we're part of a body. Amen. Listen, Amen. let me tell you something. When you join this church, you made a covenant with God and with this body of believers that you would support this church with your time, your talent, and your ties. Yep. Amen. Am I right? Yes, sir. And listen, if you break that covenant, you've broke it with God and you've broke it with this church. Yep. 
You say, well, they didn't go to church like we do in, in the New Testament. I beg to pardon. The Bible said they went daily to the temple and rejoiced. You want to go every day? Praise God, I'll do it. Amen. Amen. Yes. <laughs> hey, listen. When you belong to a church, you belong to a body of believers. Amen. You're part of that body. Listen. <laughs> the scripture there says in 1 Corinthians, preacher, it said, can I say to the nose you're not important? Yeah, listen. <laughs> or can the ear say, listen, now think of this. If I said, man, I can't smell you, preacher. My ear ain't smelling good. Huh? I can't hear you. My nose ain't hearing good. Huh? Or what if it was all one great big eyeball? Boy, you'd be a monstrosity, wouldn't you? Barely how would it have been when we was back there nailing that mold enough I'd try to do it with my foot. Preacher, that's silly. Listen, God's saying he don't want any schism in the body. He wants it all working together perfectly yep. as a unit. Yep. When we all come together in one mind and one accord, praying, seeking God's face, then souls can be saved. That's what God wants out of the body. Every joint... Every band is supplying and edifying itself yep. in love. Listen. He says nourishing the body. When you sit down to eat, does your, phone, does your fork or spoon jump up in your mouth by itself? No, you reach down there and get it, don't you? I'm emotional like that, ain't you, Dave? I mean, I'm emotional. Huh? Oh, Yes. So when the preacher stands up there and preach, you know what he's doing? He's nourishing you. He's nourishing the body. He's feeding the body. God said, feed my sheep. Huh? This body of believers, everyone God has put here is just as important as the other yes, folks. Sir. You say, well, they can't do anything. Oh, yeah. Yes, they can. They can pray. Yes, sir. They can be, everybody can be faithful, folks. Everybody in the body of Christ can be faithful. So, God said he's supplying. He's supplying for the body by joints and bands, by these inside organs. There's 78 inside organs in your body. They're being held together by all these bands. Listen, there's 10,000 electrical impulses going on in your body every day. That fire. There's blood pumping through your body at an incredible rate, carrying oxygen to the rest of your body. I mean, this is a finely tuned machine. Just one thing go out of, out of sync just a little bit and you're dead. Huh? But the Bible said, listen, whether one member suffer, all the members suffer. Whether one member be honored, all the members are honored with you. Now you're the body of Christ and members in particular, whatever God's given you, whatever God's shown you and using you to do, do it. Amen. Amen. Just do it. When the preacher preaches, listen. Be doers of the word and not just hearers only. Listen. You'll never help your brother or sister in Christ by gossiping about them, Amen. by putting them down. 
We need to pray for each other and lift each other up. Where churches are coming to today is we don't care about each other, folks. We don't care what happens to each other. I'm glad this church is not like that, that we have a prayer chain that we can go to God in behalf of each other and lift each other up. That's what we're supposed to do. But listen, we're his body. We're his hands, we're his feet. He's the head. Listen. It's kind of a standing joke between me and Dennis when we go out to eat. We say, let them choose. Let the brains of the outfit choose, our wives. That's wisdom. That's, yeah, that's wisdom. That's wisdom. Huh? The head is like the computer. Hey, listen. I guarantee if you smash your finger with a hammer, your brain knows it immediately. And it sends them impulses, boy. You know it, don't you? And not only does your finger hurt, you hurt all over. Why? Because it's all connected together. It breaks this preacher's heart when he looks back there and sees people not in their place. Amen. Why? Because that's part of the body. Amen. Amen. Hold your hand up, preacher. There's two of them gone. Yeah. That's the same thing he's seen when you're not in your place. Yeah. Amen. You have a specific place and a work that God wants you to do, whether it's sing, preach, pray, whatever it is. That's why God supplied the body. Last of all, First Corinthians or. Philippians chapter number 4, excuse me, verse number 19. The last word, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. This word supply is playroom. It means that, brother, what you do on a machine when you're grading to level up a hollow place, to verify a prediction or to make something cram full. Huh? Supply and demand. Paul wrote this letter thanking them for the need that he had of money and those things that they sent for him to go on in the ministry. Listen, he was writing back to thank them. And he said, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. But because you've learned and you've listened and you've made me flourish like a tree, he said, because of that, My God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. (laughs) You have a need, he's got the riches. Amen. Amen. The Bible said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all's within me. Bless his holy name. And it goes on to say, to forget not all of his benefits. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Anybody in here go hungry today? Anybody in here not got clothes to wear? Have you been blessed? Has God been good to you? I've got more right now, Richard, like you said, than I've ever had in my life. I've got more money in the bank. I've got more than I've ever had in all of my life. God's blessed me. God's been good to me. God said, don't take no thought of tomorrow. 
<laughs> hey, listen. He called on the fowls of the air and the lilies and the field. He said, if God closed them, how much more? Yeah. Hey, <laughs> he's got all this in control, folks. Yeah. We've got the blessings of God. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all's within me. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these other things will be added to you. And not just things, but he said he's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you, brother. I probably need some help <laughs> trying to finish this. <laughs> oh, yes, there's a roof up above me. I have a good place to sleep. There's food on my table and shoes on my feet. You gave me your love, Lord. Had a fine family. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. Let's bow our heads. God supplied us with the new birth. We had to have that to go to heaven. God supplied us with a church. God supplied us a member, as a member in a family, the family of God, the body of Christ. And God supplied us with all the blessings we could ever ask for, folks. Isn't it great to be a child of God? Oh, thank God. What a wonderful time that we can have in the Lord Jesus. I'm going to hope Miss Alder, preacher, if anybody needs to come, just thank God for what you've got, what he's done for you. Maybe you need to come and just thank him tonight. If you've been born again, you've got, this, you've got the precious right to come and thank him that you're in the body of Christ. You've got the right and the privilege to come and say thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for me. Oh, my God, folks, we're in a church that loves Jesus, that preaches the gospel, that stands for the truth of God. Oh, and souls can be saved because the word of God's being honored. We ought to thank him for it. We ought to praise him for it. Oh, yes, thank God. If you need to come, come. If you need to come, bow on this altar and thank him.